Neata, hello. It's Alison from a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. Esther is not a love story. It's a story about powerful men. Esther is not a love story. It's a story of faithfulness and courage. Esther is not a love story. It's a story about the hiddenness of God. And yet love story, even beauty pageant, is the main interpretation of Esther that many of us have heard. So today we're going to blow that reading out of the water, and then we'll look more closely at what it's really about. Let's recap. Once upon a time there was an empire, which stretched from India to Ethiopia, and the name of its king was Xerxes. Now one day Xerxes ordered his queen, Vashti, to parade herself in front of an extended male-only drinking bout. Well, she refused. But the king's advisers were so terrified that their wives might hear of this and be inspired to refuse their every selfish whim that they told Xerxes to get rid of her. And he did. And then he sent a message to every province in the empire, ordering wives to obey their husbands. But his actions left a vacancy in his palace and in his bed. So his advisers told him to seize hundreds of beautiful young virgins, to be primped and prepared, each to spend a night with the king. And the one he liked best could be made queen. So Esther didn't line up at the palace, flapping an application form for a beauty pageant, nor was she picked for her personality. Instead, she was a vulnerable young woman, an orphan, who was noticed for her beauty and abducted by the king's brute squad. Her only hope for survival lay in pleasing the king's eunuch, for then he, and I quote, provided her with her cosmetic treatments and her portion of food. Well, a year of treatment and training prepared her for the next step in her survival, sexually captivating the king, which she did. And this is how Esther became queen. If that's not clear enough, let me be blunt. At every step, Esther had less agency than a bunny in a playboy mansion. She was abducted, held, primped and pimped. Her survival required her absolute compliance and her body was never her own. This is not a love story. It's a story of extended sexual assault. And so it's a story about powerful men. And what do we see here? Men making far-reaching decisions, not after considered discussion and prayer and fasting, but during drinking bouts. Men using women to shore up their own egos and viciously punishing women who will not comply. Men signing off on murderous policies with their billionaire buddies and celebrating with more drinking games. In this story, beneath all the trappings of power, beneath the money and the suits and the patriarchal policies, we find insecure and foolish men who are governed by their own appetites. Their frantic efforts at controlling everyone around them reflect their lack of personal discipline and self-control. They know they are hollow and they are terrified of mockery, so they protect themselves by dominating others. Of course, seeing insecure fools run the show is terrifying, and yet we can take comfort. 
for this ancient story shows that it's nothing new and that even when fools are in charge, we might see radical reversals, just as we see in Esther. The reversal, of course, is the stop to an order of genocide. And while this is not a love story, there is love here. It's a love which Esther has for her people. Esther is Jewish, but Xerxes doesn't know it, for her uncle told her to keep it secret. And her name reflects this, Esther. It's related to the word for hiddenness, while her name in Hebrew, Hadassah, relates to darkness. Esther's identity is hidden. So when Xerxes signs the order for the Jewish genocide, Esther has a choice. Visiting the king unbidden means death, unless he raises his golden scepter towards her. Or she can remain hidden, knowing that protecting herself will mean the death of her people. Or she can risk death and go to the king unasked, where she might reveal herself and entreat him to reverse the order. I have set before you life and death. Choose life, urges God in Deuteronomy. But this choice is not about seeking personal growth or following your bliss, nor is it about self-gratification or ensuring your own security. As the God made known in Jesus Christ says hundreds of years later, those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. And this is the choice that Esther makes, to risk her own security, her very life, for the life of her people. She is swept up into terrifying, humiliating, hopeless circumstances. She is disempowered and vulnerable, yet still she prays and reflects and acts. And as a result, the Jewish people are saved from annihilation and Esther becomes part of God's salvation history. Well, this brings me to my final point. This is a story not just about Esther's faithfulness or Esther's hiddenness, but about the hiddenness of God. God is never mentioned in the story, not once. Even when Mordecai begs Esther to act, he says simply, Who knows? Maybe you have come to this position for just such a time as this. It would be easy to claim that God placed Esther into this position. However, the story doesn't make that claim. And for those of us whose stomachs churn at the thought of a God who shoves women into violent situations to bring about a plan, this should come as a relief. But what then can we claim? Well, I think the story shows that even in an appalling situation, a pathway can open up towards life and liberation. And we might ponder whether such a path is made by the hidden hand of God. We trust in a God who calls order out of chaos, life out of death, springs from the desert, a dry path through a raging sea. We believe in radical reversals when everything seems lost. Perhaps that's what happened here. Due to the actions of powerful fools, Esther was forced into a terrible situation. But even there, perhaps God opened up a way. Whatever, this is not a love story. And Esther is not a Disney princess. 
Instead, Esther invites us to consider the hidden spaces, the hints and intimations in our own context. It's an invitation to seek among the shadows. For no matter the situation in which you find yourself, no matter how limited or awful or constraining, no matter how appalling the people in charge, there may be clues pointing you towards God's life and liberation. There may be a path. And you may never really know if, where or how God is at work. But who knows? Maybe you have come to your position in life for just such a time as this. And I pray that if you are, you are prepared to pray, to plan, to act and to celebrate. And may God find you willing to do what is needed. May Christ Jesus show you the way. And though danger press all around, may the Holy Spirit fill you with peace as you play your part in the history of salvation. In the name of Christ. Amen. There's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation. Right now, the Dianella is budding. The billy buttons are bobbing and the bush is bursting with life. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen.